Hey, would you hire this guy? Do you love your work? Do you think it's possible? Well, you're about to find out. It's time for 48 Days to the Work You Love with Dan Miller on the 48 Days Online Radio Show. Whether you need a professional tune-up or a work overhaul, this is the program for you. Now, here's your host, Dan Miller. Well, welcome into the 48 Days Radio Show. Our business partners today are Casper and FreshBooks. Two great companies. I'll give you some links to them in just a minute here. Well, this is uh, episode 620. happens to be coming out on July 13th. This is one of those Friday the 13th. Does that bother you? You know, some people cringe when we come to Friday the 13th. Is there ever a year without a Friday the 13th? No. Every year has at least one. Now, the most that a year can have is three. Here we are, 2018. This one happens to have two. We had one back in April. April 13th was a Friday. And today, July 13th is another Friday. Hey, we're going to have fun anyway. We're going to keep moving on. If other people are cringing in defeat, expecting negative things to happen, it's a great time to just keep moving forward with optimism, positive expectation, confidence. You know the drill. That's what we're going to do here. Hey, this is also Gruntled Workers Day. Now, we hear a lot about disgruntled workers. Today is actually a designated day. This is a holiday, gruntled workers. So this is an opportunity to show your gruntledness, meaning you're not disgruntled. You love what you do. If you go out to eat today and tell the waitress, you know, thanks. Golly, your service was amazing. Have a nice day. Those are the kind of things we can do on a gruntled day. Well, Nice to have holidays for those positive things as well. Some of the questions we're going to be looking at today include, Dan, my podcast led to the job I love. Got a neat story from somebody on that. How can I help the ladies in Mississippi who are hopeless and lost? Oh boy, there's a big project. The ladies in an entire state who are hopeless and lost. Well, we'll give her some tips on that. And I was just fired from a small business after 15 years. How do I answer the question, why did you leave your last employer? And somebody says, Dan, I get excited about everything going on. I have a site set up, but I have been frozen under a type of paralyzing fear that has consumed me for years. All right, we're going to get into those and any more if we have time. Got some good news coming up. Here, I want to ask you a question. Let's imagine there's a young man out here. His parents gave him up for adoption. He never finished college. He job hopped a lot. He, golly, he sojourned to India for a year, just kicking around the country for a year. He had dyslexia. He was a very poor student, didn't read well. Would you hire this guy? Well, that guy's name is Steve Jobs. That describes him. Parents gave him up for adoption, never finished college, job hopped a lot, spent a year in India just kicking around, had dyslexia, poor student, didn't read well. That was Steve Jobs. Now, the quotation today, I, I pulled this because I'm familiar with it, but it related to somebody who just got fired. So the quotation 
is from Steve Jobs today, who said, I didn't see it then, but it turned out that getting fired from Apple was the best thing that could have ever happened to me. The heaviness of being successful was replaced by the lightness of being a beginner again, less sure about everything. It freed me to enter one of the most creative periods of my life. I love that image, that description of what being fired did. The heaviness of being successful. You know, do you think that it's a challenge to be successful? When you ask somebody who's at the top of their game, what they're doing to keep things going, whether it's running a company, being at the top of their game in selling, or being a great employee, whatever. The heaviness of being successful was replaced by the lightness of being a beginner again. Wow, isn't that an exciting spot to be where you're a beginner again? Everything's a possibility. And he says it freed me to enter one of the most creative periods of my life. Well, that's going to be our call to action today. I'll remind you that again at the end. What are you doing today to enter the most creative period of your life? You know, sometimes success prohibits us from being our most creative. Yeah, sometimes a little challenge forces us to be more creative. Well, we're going to look at how to do that. Hey, let me tell you about fresh books. You hear me talk about it. You know, there's a lot of you who are freelancers, small business owners. You may be an employee. Doesn't matter. You need to be able to keep your books, your accounting affairs in order. So do yourself a huge favor. Stop digging through old receipts before you completely disappear under the abyss of paperwork. Check out FreshBooks cloud accounting software. I mean, not only is it going to save you a ton of time and stress, it can actually change the way you feel about dealing with your taxes. You hear me talk about that. I mean, we're, we're past that now, but you know, April 15th rolls around. And if you've done some side work or have created independent work on your own, wow, all of a sudden tax day's coming and you wonder, whoa, am I going to owe a whole bunch? Am I going to get some money back? Well, you should know. And you can know at any given time, because if you keep track of your finances on an ongoing basis, you'll know what you owe. I don't have to guess. I do quarterly deposits and I can be right on the money because I know what's come in. I have monthly reports that tell me that. Hey, check it out. FreshBooks, as you know, is offering a 30-day unrestricted free trial at any time to my 48 Days listeners to claim it. Just go to freshbooks.com slash 48 days and enter 48 days in the How Did You Hear About Us section. Our other business partner today, you know this is one I love. You hear me talk about the Casper mattress that Joanna and I sleep on every night. Now, I've been having some back issues. I've been doing some a lot of work around our place here, things I love to do. But, golly, I got a little back issue. and My massage therapist wasn't quite able to take care of it totally. I went to my chiropractor, and I'm back on track. But one thing I can count on when I'm feeling stressed and kind of out of sorts is hitting the bed at night. I know I'm going to get a great night's sleep because a Casper mattress, I mean, we're told we spend one third of our life sleeping. You know, I may actually spend a little more than that. I mean, I enjoy my sleep. I wake up rested. I don't short myself. I don't have an alarm clock that jolts me out of a deep sleep. I just stay on that Casper until I'm rested and ready to go. 
The experts at Casper work tirelessly to make a quality sleep surface, cradles the natural geometry in all the right places. And here's something that impresses me. They have over 20,000 reviews and an average of 4.8 stars across Casper, their own site, Amazon, Google. I mean, there's no question. They're fast becoming the Internet's favorite mattress. They have affordable prices because they cut out the middleman, sell directly to you, delivered right to your door in a box that it always amazes me. How do you do that? And then you open the box. It's, oh my gosh, the thing really does open up and become a real mattress. Well, you can be sure your purchase with Casper's 100-night risk-free sleep on it trial. Um, so just, you can now, right now, get $50 toward select mattresses by visiting casper.com slash sleep you love, and then use sleep you love at checkout. Terms and conditions apply. Again, get $50 toward select mattress by visiting casper.com slash sleep you love and using sleep you love at checkout. All right. Let's go into some good news here. Always lots of good news. Here's an interesting story. Ikea is testing a buyback program to keep customers' furniture from ending up in landfills. In another bid to reduce their environmental impact, Ikea has launched a pilot program for taking back used furniture. I mean, think about the quantity of stuff that Ikea has put out there. Well, yeah, it doesn't last forever. People move and so on. So the Swedish retailer is offering to buy back customers used furniture in exchange for a voucher worth up to 50% of the original value of the product. All customers have to do to sell their furniture is submit photos of their product to Ikea workers for appraisal. If the item is deemed to be in fair condition, they will buy back the furniture either for resale or for recycling. So that's the program they're doing. It reminded me of well, a few days ago, Jared Easley, who heads up Podcast Movement, the event that I'll be at here in short time, a couple of weeks, I guess, before that's coming up. Jared puts out corny jokes. He's a, a big a purveyor of corny jokes. And he put out two days ago in the news today, a mysterious crime spree is going on at the local Ikea. The police are having a hard time putting the pieces together. There you go. That's our joke for today. But anyway, nice to see Ikea moving into the recycling, rebuying their own furniture to either resell it or recycle it. Great move. Well, here's a note. This comes, um, golly, where is this? I'm trying to see the geography here. I'm not sure where this was. Anyway, oh, it's in Ohio. All right, Ohio. So an Ohio boy's business gets boost after neighbor calls cops on him for mowing a yard. Now this is, this is whacked, but I mean, there's good news in this, believe me. So 12 year old Reginald Fields is the owner of Mr. Reggie's lawn cutting service. So he and his small team of landscapers, I mean, he recruits his cousins, brothers, sisters, and they're out there cutting grass. So they were hard at work at the home of Lucille Holt when a perturbed neighbor called the cops. They said I were cutting their grass, Reggie told the news station. I didn't know it. Now, here's the deal. So he's cutting the grass for this elderly lady. He and his crew, he's 12 years old, has his own landscaping business. And a neighbor said that he cut over onto his yard. So cut some of his grass. And he called the cops, called the police. Now, this, you know, the lady who owns a house created a Facebook post about the incident 
included in a video, and it's now been viewed over half a million times. But she says, who calls the police for everything? They should be glad the kids aren't out here breaking their car windows out. They should be glad the kids aren't out here stealing their cars. You call the police because kids are out here cutting grass? <laughs> she says, who does that? Well, the video has gone viral, and that's that's pretty cool. And of course, Reggie's gotten a whole lot of new business as a result of that. And he says, just give me a call. I'll be there on time. So he's saving up money for new equipment to grow his business. I mean, what a great end to that, a 12-year-old. But also, it gives you some insight into the mindset of somebody who would call the police because somebody mowed a strip of their grass. They thought they got under their property and mowed a strip of grass. I mean, how ridiculous is that? Well, goodness prevails. Oh, here, I got a note from Jennifer Timmons in regard to, I recently talked about another young guy who was mowing 50 yards. You know, he was going to mow one yard in every state. And he was doing that. Well, he has started an organization, uh, Jennifer says. She said, I heard you mention the gentleman from Huntsville, Alabama that cuts lawns for free. The organization is named Raising Men Lawn Care Service. What he has done is truly wonderful. The young men that work with him take a 50-yard challenge. And so they commit to mowing 50 yards. Now, it doesn't have to be in 50 different states, but they commit to mowing 50 yards for free. If they complete it, Rodney, the young guy starting this organization, comes to mow along with them. At certain points in their service, they are then rewarded with new lawnmowers and T-shirts. He continues to uplift the young men by bragging about their accomplishments in school as well. And in his own life, he, started his, he shared his journey to finish college. Something truly uplifting. Well, thanks, Jennifer, for that update in addition to that story about another lawn-mowing young man. Well, this, this comes from England. After tweeting about her worst sales day, an independent bookseller is overwhelmed with support. When a desperate independent bookseller tweeted about experiencing the worst day ever in sales, the community responded in full force. So 28-year-old Georgia Duffy took to social media earlier this week said that her bookstore, Imagined Things, in Harrogate, England, had only earned $16.16 in sales on Monday. As she first opened up the store in July, after she decided to quit her job as a radiographer, and here she has opened up her own bookstore. So she's had some tough spots and um, experienced it pretty quickly, apparently. But she put out, if anyone is thinking about buying a book, now would be a great time. She wrote a card, a book, anything makes a huge difference to a small business like ours. We'd be very grateful for your support. So within just a couple of days, she was inundated with support, book orders, donations, messages of encouragement started pouring in from all over the country. And uh, then on Tuesday, the next day, she sold 70 books rather than the one that she sold the day before. Well, Additionally, Welsh author and columnist Allison Pearson offered to stop by the store to do a book reading and signing. The response has been phenomenal. Now, this part, you know, I want to stick with the theme of good news, and that's good news. But we also have to look at what she chose to do to open a physical bookstore. Do we want to just encourage her in that so she has one good day? Or does she need to face the reality that that's a really, really tough business to choose? 
And I had a young lady recently who said she had saved up money. She had her money saved up, but she was going to get a loan as well. And she was going to open up a bookstore because that was her dream. She loved books, going to open up a bookstore. Well, I told her that I thought it was delightful that she was prepared to start her own business, but I would never in a million years encourage her to open a bookstore. Well, she was kind of taken aback because she knows I'm an author. I'm a book guy. I love books, but I would never encourage somebody to open a bookstore in today's workplace. I mean, I'm not seeing it work. I mean, they're closing left and right. Now, here's, here's the thing. I love books. Joanne and I both love books. We've both written books. It'd be really appealing to right here in our little hometown, Franklin, Tennessee, open a bookstore. I mean, it really would. I can, I can get into just the idea of that, having a little bookstore. But what would that mean? That would mean we would have about a five-mile radius of prospects, five-mile radius of potential customers. People don't drive 10 miles to go to a bookstore. So it's right in their little area they may stop in. But we also know that there's a whole lot of people who don't read one book a year. So the number of people who read any books is a very small percentage of the overall population. The number who are going to go to a physical bookstore and buy a book today is infinitesimally small. Now, as opposed to that, you know, do I believe that you can make a good living selling books? Sure. I mean, I talk about it all all the time. I mean, we sell a lot of books, but I don't have a physical bookstore in Franklin, Tennessee. I have a virtual bookstore that anybody can access from anywhere in the world. I can get a very, very tiny percentage of the people who are interested in books and still do quite well. We send lots of books out. But we have to be realistic about, is this a work model for this young lady, for Georgia Duffy, that we should just encourage her in? Or should we help her see the reality of the choice that she made and maybe it's time to look for some new options before things get really bad. You know, it's reminded I saw just recently, I mean, I grew up on a dairy farm. So I grew up milking cows twice a day, 365 days a year. It was not until I went to first grade in school when I, you know, was six years old that I realized there were kids who actually got up in the morning and just went from bed to the bus stop you got to be kidding me. I've already put in three hours of work, even as a six-year-old. Well, what's happening to dairy farms? They're closing left and right. Milk is no longer seen as it once was. People are coming up with new options. People don't believe the old adage, milk does you good or whatever that was. I mean, people are moving to soy milk or almond milk. I mean, I don't know when we've had cow milk in our house and Years and years and years. I mean, and with the new choices, better health options, milk is not the commodity that it once was. So the upper Midwest, as an example, this is current. This is right now, July 2018. Um, well, during the past 15 years, Wisconsin and Minnesota have seen the demise of over 50% of their dairy farms. Right now, combined, Minnesota and Wisconsin are losing dairy farms at the rate of 15 a week. I mean, it's just not a sustainable model. Now, should we go, you know, rush to the local dairy and buy lots of milk? Well, that's an artificial solution, isn't it? I mean, that's not going to change the long-term reality. 
we have to see what's happening. I, I saw just, again, I just uh, looking at this a minute ago, that Meadowbrook Dairy Farms is closing in Ohio. My brother, my older brother, Nathan, drove a truck one summer for Meadowbrook Dairy. I can clearly remember that truck coming down our lane. I thought it was the coolest thing ever. And he had in there, you know, ice cream and milk and popsicles and all those cool stuff they would deliver to grocery stores. Meadowbrook closing down. You know, the, farming in general. I mean, you see the things that have gone, that have happened. Is tobacco the popular cash crop that it used to be? Well, not with our understanding about cigarettes. I guess not. So farmers moved from tobacco to soybeans and to canola, or actually to canola oil, which is a product of rapeseed is the plant. But I mean, it, things change. I mean, if Eli Whitney comes out with a cotton gin, it puts a whole lot of workers out of work. But that does, does that mean that's the end of the road for them? They're going to sit on the sidewalk? No, they're going to find new things that they can do. You know what? I'm going to devote the July 27th podcast to... How can we deal with change and come out of winter? If you got a story of change or something, an industry changed unexpectedly and you were forced to change, you know, did you see it like Steve Jobs? Wow. You lost your job unexpectedly. Well, it opened up so many new possibilities and put you into a creative mode and put you on a path of greater success than you've ever experienced. If you got stories like that, golly, let me know. You know, we'll have a couple weeks in between here, but let me do that. I'm going to just plan to on July 27th deal with how can we deal with change and come out of winter. If you got a story about change and what it spurred you on to or opened the door for you, just shoot it to me. Ask Dan at 48 days. Dot com. would love to hear about it. Well, anyway, I was, I was talking about good news and I want it to be good news. And it's certainly a, a wonderful story about people supporting the young gal with the bookstore. But you know, in reality, I don't think we can just pat her on the back and give her a good day. Uh, the reality is we need to help her find probably a better business path. Well, Donald and a whole lot of others have asked about the Eagles the Eagles, you haven't heard me talk about that for a couple of weeks because we closed down, closed to new members. No, we didn't close it down, my gosh. But we closed the door to new members because we're doing some really cool things in that community, the Eagles community. So we're forming Eagles Nest. We have 20 different areas of interest that people have experienced talked about you know artists musicians podcasters writers speakers coaches so 20 of those and now we're identifying leaders for each of those groups and for 48 days in starting the beginning of august through the 17th of september those groups are going to share ideas and increase each other's success so we have some really cool things that are going on then we'll open the doors again on September 17th. But we wanted to really embrace the people that are there that have already invested in the time and energy to be there and engage. So we're doing some really fun things inside that community. You can still go to 48dayseagles.com. That's prompted Donald's question. Gee, how can I get in? Well, just go to 48dayseagles.com. You'll still see information there and you can get on a waiting list to get information about it when we open the doors again. No problem with that at all. Okay, this comes from, and I'm going to, th this comes from Bob. He says, I've been listening since you started the podcast. This is another great story. I mean, this is a really cool story. This is in, still in the good news category, but this is a, a real 48 days listener. I've been listening to you since you started the podcast. 
Uh, was one of the first 100 members of the 48days.net community. Wow, I've been applying the lessons. I've learned almost every project I've launched. Five years ago, I launched a website and podcast aimed at providing resources for amateur athletic coaches. I really thought that this is where my path would take me. Almost on a fluke and out of necessity because of an advertiser conflict, I started a spinoff website and podcast early last winter aimed at a different segment of my audience in amateur athletics. To make a long story short, I was contacted by the CEO of a company that works with this same market segment. What started as conversations about potential advertising and moved to potential investing in my company ended up with a face-to-face visit ending with the question, what would it take to get you to come work for us? A couple of days later, I shot him a number and in less than an hour, he responded, let's get it done. I'm going to get paid well to do what I was doing for next to nothing. During this short dance, he never asked how old I was. I'm in my late 50s or ask about my previous work experience. All he knew was that I was providing what he was looking to provide for his customers. I'm leaving my old company and taking on this exciting new challenge at a new place in a different part of the country where I've always wanted to live. Thought that this might be encouraging to many listeners who are in the same boat. Thanks for the weekly encouragement. Well, thank you, Bob, for your encouragement. What a cool story. So you had a podcast and then talking with a potential advertiser actually became your employer. You know, that that's the, when we talk about entrepreneurial kind of things, sometimes people think it's this quantum leap away from being an employer and you'll never go back to that again. No, those lines are pretty seamless. We have a lot of people that move back and forth in those lines. So here, Bob moved out, had his own, his own website, his own business, his own podcast, but then was recruited by somebody who said, we want you on our team. Just yesterday, I got a note from a friend, a PhD, very accomplished in things that he's done, very accomplished in things that he's done, decided to be an entrepreneur. He's been doing it for two years and he decided the work that's required to sell his services so outshadow the time, the brief time that he gets to actually do the work, he's going back into traditional employment and he's already put out feelers and he's getting responses to that. And I commend him on doing that. I mean, he's right. He said, you know, he didn't realize 75% of his time was going to be taken up just marketing and securing the business. He wanted to do the business, not spend all his time running the business. Well, not uncommon at all. You're in that boat. There's no shame in moving back into traditional employment. Believe me, no shame at all. Well, this comes from Carla. This is this is this is phenomenal. Carla says, Hi Dan, I've been a fan of yours since 2009 when I first read your 48 Days to the Work You Love book. I'm compelled to write to you now because there's something that has bothered me and I need some help. I'm from Mississippi. And I've had a taste of the work world from being in retail and from working at two large corporate jobs, Walmart and then L'Oreal. I'm now in transition, find myself back in Mississippi again, trying to figure out what to do next. In this time of transition, I've come across many young ladies, some my age, 36, and many of them have told me that they're in factory manufacturing jobs, some in retail. As a matter of fact, one of them lost her job because the retail store closed down. They sound so hopeless and lost. Many are at the point of settling. I really want to help them, but I could use some help. I want to see them loving their life and enjoy the work they do and being paid generously for it. 
How do I help guide and steer so many of these ladies in that direction? Many of them don't have college degrees and they feel stuck. Heck, I have a college degree and I tell them that's not what's holding them back. I just want to help them overcome the routine mundane and get into work in a life that excites them. I'm sure my challenge isn't unique to you, but I feel like I could change the whole state of Mississippi if I had the right strategy and the right tools. Many thanks and gratitude. Carla. Carla, golly, I love your heart. I love your desire to do something as spectacular as this. And you can make a difference. You can make a big impact. I mean, you could, you could start a career transition. Well, let me, let me tell you some of the things that I did in impacting a lot of people in Tennessee. I mean, I'm very humbled by that and grateful for that. But I started by teaching a Sunday school class at our church. Well, the Sunday school class grew to where we were having, you know, 70, 80 people there. Then we moved it to a Monday night group, two hours uninterrupted, didn't have the constraints of trying to squeeze it in as a Sunday school class. And I did that for eight years. Joanne and I taught that every Monday night. And we had a lot of people come through there. Then I had the opportunity to get on terrestrial radio, 100,000 watt station, WTN here in Nashville, got on there, was on there for six years. It was, and those things just kept growing and growing and growing. And in doing so, you know, now we have 48 days where we have products, resources, events, courses, of course, the podcast, online communities like the Eagles community. I mean, those things all grew out of just wanting to help people individually. So start with what you've got. I mean, you could start a career transition program where you are. Find out what's already available in your area. You may want to use those as resources rather than starting something new. I'm always surprised when I talk to someone here in Nashville who's struggling because we have so many resources available. I mean, there's a, the Brentwood United Methodist Career Transition Program. It's been running for like 35 years. It's been written up in the Wall Street Journal. It's world famous. People can go there anytime they want to. Every Monday night it meets. We have the Nashville Career Transition Center. It's funded by the state. It's a state-of-the-art place. You can go with all kinds of resources, connections, coaches, and all of that totally free. The, the, it's interesting, the career assistant agency here in Franklin, Tennessee closed down about a year ago because there were so few people requesting any of their services. It's a, it was free funded by the state. They closed the doors because nobody was coming in. I knew a couple of people who worked there and it was kind of interesting. They were providing career services and then they were thrown into having to do their own job search to try to find a job. But look at the things that are available around you, Carla, that you can point people to. You can start a career transition program. I mean, I'd love to talk to you about facilitating the 48 Days to the Work You Love seminar. I mean, do that where we have the materials for everybody in there. I mean, we have homeschooling groups. I had a, a group of 123 homeschoolers in Idaho recently who are using the 48 Days to the work you love materials to go through and prepare them for the real workplace and to give them ideas about better options. So I'd certainly be happy to talk to you about that. Um, there's so many things that you can do and just being an encourager in that arena to help people see more opportunities that are read, readily available. This is such a great time to be looking for new opportunities because they're everywhere. Companies are desperate 
to have good people come on board. Got a couple more stories here about that. Let me move on to some uh, a couple other questions that address this as well. But thanks so much for your heart, Carla, for your willingness to get involved. And certainly we'd be eager to help you with some, connect with some resources where you can be the shining light that you want to be to give her encouragement to those ladies who feel hopeless and lost in Mississippi. <laughs> uh, Kimberly says, Dan, thanks so much for your podcast. It has brought so much light to my thinking, giving me hope for a better work life. I was just fired from a small business after 15 years. Um, well, she goes through some of the details about that. But uh, she says, I, I, this was, I was given a, a raise the week before. So I was given a raise the week before I was fired. I was given a raise due to selling $160,000 in six weeks. I worked 100% from home. Well, there's some details. It's hard to understand. She doesn't understand why there's accusations of harassment. Anyway, she was fired. I was shocked at the accusation for my own sanity. I went back through and reread all the emails. Nothing. I feel like this is a false accusation. If I opt to work for another employer, how do I answer the question? Why did you leave your last employer? Thanks, Kimberly. Kimberly. If you have the ability to sell $160,000 worth of anything working totally from home on your own, the next company is not going to care why you left your last employer. Trust me, they, you don't even have to address it. I mean, if you have in your resume that you worked for XYZ company from, well, 2003 to 2018, 15 years, which is current, it doesn't even have to show that you're not still there. That's the way you can do a resume. And it's, I mean, it's very acceptable to be looking for a new opportunity. So it shouldn't even come up in the conversation that you aren't there anymore. And when companies are as desperate for competent workers, especially salespeople, as they are today, you're in the driver's seat when it comes to your job search. You can pick and choose what kind of company you want to share your talent with next. And that's exactly the way that I would frame that. You can share where you want to, where you want to share your talent next. Just go out there in a job place, in a workplace, let people know you're a competent salesperson. My goodness, every company out there is going to want you on their, on their team. So you can move ahead with confidence. Well, just a reminder here, hearing the music there, we're not at the end yet. Got some more questions to go, but... I want to just to let you know we are answering real life questions. If you're new to the 48 Days podcast, welcome in. What I do is answer listener questions. I came off of terrestrial radio, six years of doing a live call-in show. So when I moved to podcasting and expanded our audience exponentially going around the world rather than just in three states, I mean, what a cool move that was that I've never regretted for a nanosecond. But uh, what I do is continue to answer questions. So if you got a question, you can leave an audio message if you want. Just go to the 48days.com site, click on the podcast, and you'll see there you can just hit the microphone and leave an audio message or just shoot an email to me at askdan at 48days.com. Well, this comes from Mike. <clears throat> Mike uh, th this is Mike in Orange Beach, Alabama. I've been listening to your podcast since the start. Was a member of 48 Days. .net, and now I'm, a, now I'm a 48 Days Eagles member. I feel like I'm part of the family, but the truth is I'm an outsider. I get excited about everything going on. I have a site set up. 
but I've been frozen under a type of paralyzing fear that has consumed me for years. Call it fear, imposter syndrome, being old school tech challenge, or just a belief that I'm not worthy. Following your advice, I've finally invested myself in myself, including the Eagles and other groups that are directly related to what I'm trying to do, but still haven't acted. I've drawn a line in the sand, set up some dates related to your August 1st Eagles groups thing, and I'll get more involved with the Eagles. How do I go about looking into a coach through the 48 Days Eagles group? And would that be a part of the 3 to 5% investment? I'm not blessed with a lot of dollars right now, but I believe this is a must. Any advice is appreciated. On a side note, I have a great idea that relates to creating a charity that basically helps those in need by teaching them ways to help themselves, teach a man to fish kind of thing. It would directly involve the 48 Days coaches with using the unique idea I've come up with. I'm hardly in a place to be giving out ideas, so it I may save it till I produce something myself. But I think you'll like it. I absolutely love your podcast, so appreciate the caring way you handle everything related to your business. It's like you're caring for your own family. Well, thank you, Mike, for that. I Appreciate that. Take that very seriously. If you're involved in the 48 Days Eagles community, I mean, you you already have shown your willingness to get engaged. I mean, that's a great move to step up to the plate. Now, is that going to automatically assure your success? No. And you've identified that you can be a member of the community and you can still be silent and kind of sitting on the sidelines. And as you described, paralyzed in fear. I mean, that can happen. And I commend you on wanting to reach out, get a coach to help you through that. Yeah, that would be part of the three to 5% investment. And I, I encourage people to start with 3% investment of their total income into personal development immediately. That means if you make 12 bucks an hour, you got $58 a month to spend on books or a course or a conference, whatever. And obviously, if you save up over a period of time that accumulates, and if your income is significantly higher than that, Sure. I mean, if you're making $50,000 a year at 5%, that's $2,500. You can go to a nice conference um, and, and grow dramatically in that or invest that in a coach. Now, if you want a coach, there's a whole lot of coaches in the 48 Days Eagles community. There actually is a subgroup already run by our Dean of Coaching, Giovanna Ellison, and that subgroup is called the, the ooh, High Profit, oh my gosh, Pro, the profitable coach, <laughs> too many P's in there. I lost much. The profitable coach. That's what this group is called. And there's over a hundred coaches that are in there thriving together, giving each other ideas and moving each other's businesses up. Yeah. So you can tap, let any of them know what it is you want and golly, they'll, they'll respond. Now, if you want us to help screen what your particular situation is and your needs are, you know, please do that. We're delighted to do that. If you just go to 48days.com, click on get a coach, fill out that brief form. It gives us a little bit of information about you and we'll help match you with one of our 48 days coaches. So we know they've got a proven track record. They, we know, you know, what their rates are and all that. We can help you match with somebody that's a good match for you. So again, just go to 48days.com, click on the coaching link, and then go to get a coach. And there's a brief form there where that comes right to me where with some information and we'll help match you up with a great coach. All right. This comes from Wes out of Columbus, Ohio. Uh, I have a question for you regarding my 18 year old son. In considering careers, he's gravitating toward engineering since he enjoys math and science. 
I believe his true passion, however, is in creating music, as he spends any spare moment to compose music. He's become very proficient in using digital audio workstation software, DAW, to produce some amazing electronic music. He has not found a way to monetize this gift. Would you recommend any particular resources to help him find a way to market his music? By the way, thank you for mentioning Amazon Merch on your podcast. As I had not heard of it before, I now have a merch account. Here's a link to a shirt I created. Thought you might get a chuckle out of it. Well, let me me address that first. This shirt is absolutely stunning. The, The artwork is beautiful. The colors are beautiful. Listen to what this says. This is the shirt that Wes created. Do what you loathe, the moaning will follow. Is that a great play on words? I mean, I talk about do what you love and the money will follow. Do what you loathe and the moaning will follow. I'm going to put a link to that, right? To Amazon merch. That is so cool. There's a whole lot of people would get a kick out of wearing that around. I may have to get one for myself. Do what you loathe and the moaning will follow. You better believe it. Now back to your question, Wes, about your 18 year old son. He is creating digital audio music. Yeah, the cool thing, it's it's pretty hard to just have music like that by itself to have that created. I mean, you can check out things like Music Bakery, where there's a whole lot of musicians that submit their it's like a photo station. You know, thousands of photographers submit photos. And if somebody selects yours, you know, and pays ninety-nine cents to use it, you know, you end up with ten cents. I mean, that kind of thing. You can do that and use you can use sites like Music Bakery and others. But I think there's other applications. You can take that passion for music, the talent at creating it, but then expand out. And what does that make possible? What are the other things? You hear me mention at the beginning, well, at the beginning of every 48 Days podcast, you hear me play the song 48 Days to the Work You Love, created by Gifty Song. Gifty Song. So what they do is they create song based on somebody's expressed needs. Incidentally, they have a package right now for $200. Couldn't believe it. I went there and looked at it a little bit ago. $200, you can get them to create the same people that created the stuck in a J-O-B. You'll, I'll play that again in a little bit here. But they are creating a song for $200. So that's an idea where somebody would give your son an idea that they want developed and he creates music somehow complements that idea. This week on my Monday mentor call in the Eagles community, I had on Ernie Lansford who loved music. He's got a story in his new book, the poetics of sale. He's got a story about how uh, he started playing piano when he was just a little kid. And then they went to the store and he was nine and got a new piano, but he loved being a piano player, but he never had illusions about, being a famous piano player, but he took his love of music and got involved in selling musical equipment to people. He had a long, long, illustrious career, ultimately became national sales director for Mackey. So he had hundreds of salespeople under him, but he was selling equipment that made people's music better. I have a Mackey mixer that I use for my podcast. That's what he did. So he took his love of music and found that kind of an application. It also reminds me of David Foster, the very famous world-known producer-arranger. He was a okay keyboard player. And he says if he would have been a little bit better as a keyboard player, he would be an anonymous dude in an orchestra somewhere or, you know, at the back of a band 
But because he wasn't quite good enough, he decided to help other people be really good. And of course, now he produces people like Celine Dion, Josh Groban, and the list goes on and on and on of people who have been made famous because of David Foster's production work behind the scenes to help them. I mean, that's just, it's so cool. And the opportunities are endless. I would sit down with your son and come up with 20 things that he could do using his talent in music and embracing his passion for music. But then look at what are those applications? Come up with 20, stretch yourself on ideas like that. Certainly there are things that he can do that'll put him right on the track. He doesn't have to walk away from it or do something practical and realistic. No, stay with music, but find a creative way to make that the income source as well. Well, let me grab one more here. Nathan says we were informed three years ago, we were informed of the need to move out of the rental we had as the city of Minneapolis was tearing down the block. I was self-employed music, needed W-2 income fast to qualify for purchase in a home. Uh, 48 days to the work you'll have helped me qualify. Thank you. God is leading me back into self-employment, but I know it needs to look a bit different than it did previously. I now have four kids and a mortgage. Reinventing myself is proving stressful to my marriage. She gets many panic attacks every time I share with her about business stuff. Both of us know I need a coach so that she will feel better and I will have someone to talk to. Can you recommend a coach who may be a good fit? I need someone who values God, family, and understands a little bit about the music business. Boy, I love these continued music theme here all the way through. Well, Nathan, yeah, like I like I just just told um I just told Mike just a minute ago there. Yeah, we'd be happy to help you find a coach. We have so many coaches in our network at this point. We know who works with what kind of situation. I mean, if I have somebody that's working with uh, pastors who are transitioning out, wow, we got somebody that does that. If I have somebody that, that working with a, you know, 28 year old lady who feels stuck in what she's doing. Wow. Jennifer Fleming is amazing in that space. So go to 48 days.com, click on the coaching link and just give us the brief information there. I mean, we scan through lots of these. We match people up. The success stories out of there are just uh, so gratifying. And as a coach, I mean, I certainly don't look at every single one and think, well, I can do this. I can do that. No, not at all. We don't encourage any of our coaches to do that. We encourage our coaches to be very clear on the niche in which they perform with absolute stunning excellence. And that's not broad. You know, we don't have people that just, hey, whatever, whatever you want to work on, I'll help you with that. No, I want people who know clearly their area of expertise. We have lots of that. So again, just go to 48days.com, click on the coaching link, and we'll help match you up with a competent coach. Well, I thanks for, golly, let me, uh, thanks for so much for all the uh, input that you guys have given me here today, all the wonderful questions gonna start this song that i mentioned a little bit ago yeah this is somebody who enjoys music and they put legs on it by working with people like dan miller to take their theme and put it to music this is the one i said you can get right now for 200 bucks i can't believe they're doing that gifty song todd and emily the couple giftysong.com check it out but uh Whatever it is you want to move toward, you can find unique, creative ways to do that. Remember Steve Jobs said when he got fired, it put him into the most creative season of his life because he didn't have the heaviness of success, but he had that light feeling that anything is possible. Oh man, I love that. 
So my question is, you know, what are you doing today to enter the most creative period of your life? See it in that way. No matter what the situation is, make sure you are putting yourself into the most creative period of your life. Well, thanks for being part of this community. You know, I love doing this. I love engaging with you in this way. We got so many ways that we connect and I'm totally immersed in that all week long. So I'm very accessible, delighted to talk with lots of you about your unique situations. If you got a question, just shoot it to me at askdan at 48days.com. But thanks for not settling for mediocre, for not settling for average, for not getting trapped in indecision. You're one of the few, you're one of the growing group who knows you can either find or create work that is meaningful, purposeful, and profitable beyond your wildest dreams. Don't settle for less. Let me know how you're moving toward your area of success.